back again with another episode of the Garden Podcast. I am Brandon, aka Shallow in the Deep. Here with me is my homie, one of my faves, B. Brandy with an I. Say what's up to the people, love. Hi. <laughs> so today, um, I'd like to issue a trigger warning. I should, I should really do this for every episode, but especially this one because we are tackling suicide today. And talking about all that comes with it, the ripple effects, having those thoughts, and how we navigate through this world coping. So uh, just to jump right in, um, how about you tell the people just a little bit about what you deal with on a mental scale? Um, so me personally, um, I suffer from anxiety and depression, um, and I mean that comes from in my family, um, I have some family, they say it's hereditary, I don't know how I actually feel about that, I think mm. it's cyclical more than actual heredity, I feel that. but um, my mom also has complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which leads to her having very high-functioning anxiety and depression as well, um, and so I kind of grew up around that. Um, even my little brother, who is 15, is on medication for his anxiety, so um, it's just uh, it's just like in lots of facets of my life, um, but today I really wanted to be here because it is the anniversary of me losing um, my cousin Austin to suicide um, a year ago today. And um, it's just the extent of not really knowing what somebody else is dealing with on a day-to-day mm-hmm. if you're not with them right. throughout life every day. Right. Um, so to touch on that, we've spoken before about you know some of our... I hate using the word issues, but we've spoken. We've yeah, had I got many some issues. I mean, I mean, yeah, same, same, definitely. But we've had many a conversation about having those thoughts and and how we navigate them. Me personally, I have dealt with suicidal thoughts. Uh, I actually wrote a poem that I performed recently mm-hmm. about the day that I was going to commit suicide. Not even contemplating. I knew I was going to. Yeah. Um, and it was that day it still trips me out because i'm not very religious but i'm spiritual Mm -hmm. and it's so strange how that day in particular and i say it in the poem like things just kind of fell in line Mm -hmm. like i needed a sign and you know god was like okay i got multiple line them up yeah um But I've thought about it in the sense of, you know, a lot of people say that suicide is selfish. And I feel like that's a a fucked up mentality to have about it. Alright, so, I I do think that's a fucked up mentality to have about it. Right. Like, I, to an extent, like, I would never, Mm -hmm. because I personally, like, I would think that I was being selfish. Right. Me. Right. For me. Because right. I am a very empathetic person. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a very, like, I'm a caregiver. Right. Same. Um, and so, and I kind of, in a, in a strange way, I think I deal with my depression by taking on other people's problems mm-hmm. so I don't worry about my own. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and I, I, 
personally, like, I won't tell you what I'm going through unless you ask me how I'm doing. Like, I'll never lie about how I'm feeling, but if you, if you don't ask, you'll think I'm fine. Right, yeah. And I, and I play that off very well, Mm -hmm. and so I'm constantly taking care of other people, and I kind of think about how those people in my life, like, something that has, I think, kept me from having any, like, serious suicidal thoughts or um like at like i've never acted on it mm-hmm. you know like obviously like, everybody has those thoughts like well, like what if because like, yeah. i get down i get low and like it but there's a difference between having like a suicidal like just like a thought mm-hmm. and actually like acting or th- right. actually thinking that you're going to act on act on those actions right. Right. and so i would think that i would like i would it would suck like, I feel like my friends and my people would be mad. Right. Like, if one day I was just like, all right, peace. Like, yeah. I couldn't do that to people. Mm-hmm. And that's the one reason why I tell people, like, if that's, it, it, like, that's probably never how you're going to see me go. Right, right. But that's me. Right. And I don't think that it's fair to say, like, for some people, that that's how they think they're going to to escape right. that's the right. only thing that they think right. is going to make it better or they don't right. think that they're worth the space that they take up right. and I feel like people need to know that they're always worth the space you're allowed to take up that space yeah. you're allowed to take up that time yeah it's and it's I'm glad you said that because one of the main goals that for this podcast and you know with our interactions and my interactions with really anyone is I always want those closest to me or who are you know in my extended circle or whatever to know that whatever it is that you're feeling those feelings are valid yeah and the goal for this podcast is just to let people know like those feelings are valid you have a right to feel the way you do you're not crazy for feeling the way you do absolutely and there are other people that are rooting for you that are probably feeling the same exact things that you are or that have felt that way and have gotten past it exactly so it's like i think what really like sticks with people i feel like with like musicians with artists Mm -hmm. like being able to say like i felt like this but here i am now right and like i know like mac miller passing was like heavy on you yeah um but like I know that like, that's why stuff like that resonates with people mm-hmm. because he went through it. Yeah. Everybody was, knows he went open through it. With it. Yeah. And being open about it, that's why he has such a strong following yeah. because there are so many people who are like, who identify mm-hmm. on a human level. Right. Where people pretend like those feelings aren't real. Yeah. And especially like, honestly, being black, sure. you just crazy. Go to church. Like, <laughs> right. No. Right. No, I'm sad. Okay. I'm going through I'm things. upset. I'm, yeah. I'm, I love Jesus. Jesus knew, Jesus put me here. He knew I was going to be sad and he let me. So Right. Get, I'm going to go take some pills, okay? Let, let me do what I'm I need. I'm going to go get medicated from doctor and take my medicine instead right. cuz Jesus made me depressed and here I am. Like Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's funny just like I <laughs> like <laughs> we have these conversations all the time. <laughs> and I know there are probably people listening to it right now like, yo, 
the fuck is wrong with them? Like, we always have these conversations and they always go like this. Like this. Always. Just, uh. Just, uh, like, this is, this is how we work through it. Oh, one thing that you touched on, um, you know, we, we speak about being an artist and connecting with people. One, of, one thing that always used to make me laugh, or make me think, rather, is my mom would always say, your poetry sounds so sad. Write yeah. something happy. But then my mom is a very positive person. Mm-hmm. Like she's very, she does her best mm-hmm. to remain positive. And like anyone who meets my mom loves her. They love mm-hmm. the energy that, mm-hmm. that she brings. So she has always suggested like, well, maybe you, she hates my room. She's like, it's so dark in here. We need more color. Because <laughs> my mom's room at home is green, if I'm not mistaken. Like, mm-hmm. a very soft green. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. Matching uh, bedspread and everything, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And my room is the exact opposite. Like, like black and gray. <laughs> black and gray. <laughs> I got a splash of color over here, but it's very dark because it's my zen. <laughs> you know, so our, our concepts of zen are very yeah. different. But, you know, she she's always loved my poetry, but she has always said, like, why is, it, why is it so sad? It really seems so sad, son. Like, write something happy. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting my feelings out, mom. I'm getting my emotions out. So I actually wrote a poem about that. About I, I wrote a poem about how I could never write about being happy mm-hmm. while I was happy. Right. <laughs> yes. Holy hell. I could never do that. Because I have to be sad. <laughs> to know how happy I can be. Right. That's why. Yes. And like that yes. I think is how I cope with my depression mm-hmm. more than anything. It's like I wouldn't know I was so sad if I hadn't been happier before this. Right. Right. It's it's the it's the concept of you have to know darkness to know light. Exactly. That and I, I definitely believe in that. Mm-hmm. And it's I the poem that I did, the first time I performed it, actually before I tell that, before I performed it, I had to tell my mom about it. Mm-hmm. And when I told her about it, I definitely got emotional and I cried. And I was like, I just got to tell you about this poem because chances are there's going to be a recording of it somewhere, and I don't want you to be, Absolutely. Thr- you know, and upset surprised. or surprised because I wrote about this and you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. So I told her about the whole thing. Um, and did I read it to her? I don't think I read it to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I performed it, one of the first things I said was, you know, I I said, I suffer from depression. And then I stopped and I said, actually, let me take that back. Mm-hmm. I have depression, mm-hmm. but I'm not suffering from mm-hmm. it. Well, this is from that's a, a very... Good, that's yeah, such a good way to say that. Right. Because I, I'm, I'm not suffering. Mm-mm. At least not right now, I'm not. Yeah. You know? This is if something I were at I'm, home in my bed right now, that would be me suffering. Right. Like, I'm here, though. I'm dealing with it. I'm managing, I'm coping, mm-hmm. I'm still out here, you know, speaking these words, telling my truth, mm-hmm. and this is some hard-ass truths that I'm telling, mm-hmm. but yeah. this is where I'm at now, and you know, and I, and I said all these things before I even spit the poem, mm-hmm. and like, I got some snaps from the crowd, and I was like, cool, I need that, because this is going to be a hard-ass poem to do, mm-hmm. and I did the poem, and... Uh, my boy Dom, shout out to Dom. Mm-hmm. He he was emceeing and like he was behind me when I finished. He was just like, "Damn!" <laughs> I was just like, "Didn't mean to make it so dark," <laughs> but 
Yo. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I well, I heard you do it, like yeah, because we were performing together. Yeah. And so, like, I I heard you do it, and I was going on right after you. Yeah. And I fucked up my whole first poem. The first. <laughs> because. Right. I was still shook. Like, yeah, honestly, yeah. like, I had been crying before yeah. I went up on stage because I was listening to you and I was like, oh, my fuck. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, like, yeah. and I'm, like, I was even thinking about it because, like, the the poem is, you say the date yeah. of that yeah. several times. I didn't even know you yet. Right. That was before we met. Yeah. Do you know how sad I right. would have been? Right. Yeah. Like how different the story could be. Right. And stuff like that is what keeps me yeah. shook. I, I, like, I, same here. I think about it and I think about that year. And the fall of that year, mm-hmm. that was when I met everyone that I'm like super close to now. I met you. I met, oh God, who else did I meet that fucking year? What's that? Oh, that's terrible. I don't remember where my AC's crossed. Oh, Jesus Christ. They crossed the same time as me, honey. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. They did. <laughs> that's why I met you. That's, that's exactly why we met. That's because how I we knew, met. Because I knew Levi, yes. They introduced me. Yes. Word. Terrible. I'm sorry, AC's. I'm, I'm yeah. trash. They gonna be mad at you. Eh, whatever. They'll be mad at you. <laughs> they love me. They'll be mad at you if they're listening. <laughs> they'll, they'll get over it. They know I love them. But it's, you know, I think about that year and I think about all the progress I made in that fall. Mm-hmm. Just everything that I was doing, I was writing more and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think about where I've come since then. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, like imagine if I went through with that and didn't get to see the and growth. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, and at that time, I couldn't see that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see past that night I couldn't see towards the next day you know and it's that is such like life has so many possibilities yeah so many yeah you could do like I think about where I was a year ago Mm -hmm. I mean honestly a year ago I was crying um (laughs) same I was here (laughs) I like I can tell you exactly what I was doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) got a phone call from my daddy about ooh Literally a year, an hour ago. Damn. Woo. And yeah. uh, they're on the East Coast, so it was 11 o'clock or so their time. Yeah. And so I got the phone call. Yeah. And I expected it to be something completely different. Because yeah. my grandparents are both a lot older. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandma had just got diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. My grandpa's dealing with Shit. Alzheimer's. Um, and dementia, and so if I expected a call about anyone, it, it was, wasn't my 26 year old cousin. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. wow. So, and like, I didn't even say anything to anybody. Right. The only person who knew what was going on was my roommate, and she had planned on going out, and like, she asked me if I wanted her to stay in with me, and I was like, no. Yeah. No. Like, like, I, cause I can't do anything from here. Like my family, they're all on the East Coast, so I couldn't do anything but sit here and cry. Yeah, cry and process and process the fact that that's what was happening and like it, and like so much has happened Mm -hmm. in that year. Like, um, we have an aunt who is fifty. 
to say 50, like four or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and she just got married to her best friend wow. and business partner. Married wow. for the first time, and they've been business partners for years. Their company wow. is named after him, actually. Wow. They both have nephews named Austin. So yes. they named their wow. company the Austin Group. That's amazing. And they got married this year. That's and, amazing. And, like, it was, like, the one, like, like it was crazy because I hadn't gone out to see my family since the funeral. Mm. So it was, like, I went from one, like, totally extremely yeah. sad moment to coming for something so happy. Right. Literally opposite end Completely of the spectrum. Completely opposite yeah. end of the spectrum. And it was, like, he would make this day better. Right, right. And it was just like one of those things where it was like so bittersweet. Yeah. Because I'm so happy. I'm so happy that she's found her happiness. Right. And I get a lot of who I am from that woman. Like, mm-hmm. because she's so strong and she, like, she wasn't settling for nobody. <laughs> she said, nope. <laughs> found that one. Yes. Took me 54 years, found the one. Yep. <laughs> and so. It's just kind of crazy thinking about how much your life can change yeah. in a year. Yeah. And even a month, a day, mm-hmm. a week. You yeah. never fucking know. Yeah. And, like, when you go through with that, that is such a permanent decision. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. There is no more. There is no more there, opportunity. There is no more possibility after yeah. that. Like, you know where you're going. Right. And if that's what you need, for some people, that's what they think they need. And I feel for you. Yeah. I, like, I used to, I used to hate when people would say like, oh, you have no idea where your life could be in a year or in a day or whatever. And I'm like, I don't see past that. And it's, it's. It's fucked up because when you're in that darkness, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, you don't see the end of the day. You don't see the next day. Like, my my go-to thing was to shut everybody out. Mm-hmm. I would retreat into myself, and if I didn't have work, I wasn't going out. Mm-hmm. I was at home. I barely left my room. Mm-hmm. And I slept like crazy. There is depression for you. Yeah. <laughs> Slept like crazy. Ding, ding. Hello. And, and my room was so dark because I remember my room wasn't always that dark. I didn't even have black curtains up. But the, like being in that dark place, the sunlight like pissed me off. Oh, yeah. Because like, you got the nerve to be bright, and I'm right, out here you feeling the, like this. Right. You have the audacity to try and shine on me right now. For real. <laughs> How dare you? You have the audacity to be bright and beautiful and shit. And I hear kids laughing outside, and it just... How dare they? Shut up. I'm right. sad. Right. Shut up. <laughs> right. And it's the most backward shit ever, but that's what I felt. And the only time I felt better was when I was in darkness because mm-hmm. it matched what I was feeling inside but it, it brought a level of control mm-hmm. and just peace so I'm like there's nothing I don't hear anything else outside mm-hmm. I don't see anything else outside mm-hmm. this forces me to 
retreat into myself and and process whatever the fuck this shit is yeah. inside me. Yeah. And that's how I learned to deal. But there were times when it was so bad that like I overdid it. So I got to that point where I wasn't even talking to my roommate. Mm-hmm. And thank I thank God for my roommate. Mm-hmm. And bro, I know you're listening to this and I've mm-hmm. told you this before. You're my nigga, you're my dog. I fucks with you. Like, beyond letters, that is yeah. my brother. Oh, yeah. Because this man knows me so fucking well. He has seen me at those dark places. And he he always knew that, like, he knew how to phrase certain things mm-hmm. to get me out of the apartment or out of my room or whatever. Mm-hmm. Usually with food. Um, <laughs> Bet. <laughs> love language is on point. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but what he would do is... When I was in that really dark space and he knew it, like, whenever he would knock on my door, it was never like a solid knock. He'd always do just like that. And it was the most, like, pleasing sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd just be, like, laying in the dark and I'm like, hey. And he's like, you hungry? No. Have yes, you, you are. Have you eaten anything? No. You're hungry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I come in? Maybe. Are you naked? No. Damn. And he'd make me laugh. And I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Yo. All right, you can come in. <laughs> and I like, can't even say no now, dang. Right. And that's and that's what it would do. That's what it would be. And like, yeah. And he would tell like there were times he'd come home. And he'd be like, hey, take a shower, get dressed, get cute. We're going out to eat. And just being like me and him, we'd go out to eat or whatever. But like, he knew that I needed to get out of the, the apartment. House. Yeah. And like, yeah. He knew I didn't want to be around a whole bunch of people, mm-hmm. so it'd usually be like later in the day. Mm-hmm. And it was the greatest shit. Mm-hmm. And just enough. It was just enough. It was just enough. Mm-hmm. And like, that's nothing against you know my squad, my people. Shout no. out to the Coven. Shout out to Stefo. You know all my people because. It at that same time they were all still reaching out to me, like. But it's different when you got somebody yeah. that's in your face. Yes, right like, there. Because just texting me saying, "Are you good? Do you yeah. need anything?" I'm gonna text you. No, I'm gonna right. text you. I'm fine. I'm gonna act like I'm good. Right. Because I don't feel you like know, dealing with this. You know what's funny? There are two people in my group of friends. Um, well, really three, but two main ones that I could never. Just be like, ah, oh, I'm good. Stefo mm-hmm. and Hyro. Because Hyro... Bet, yeah. Because Hyro, Hyro is rare with the emotions or whatever, mm-hmm. or rare with, like, mm-hmm. looking out. Mm-hmm. Like, but he does it. Mm-hmm. And there were plenty of times that he would reach out and be like, hey, you good? Mm-hmm. Like, or even if it was, hey, a bunch of people are seeing your tweets, man, and they're saying, yo, I'm worried about B, but they're not hitting you up. Mm-hmm. So I'm hitting you up. You are you straight? You going through it? I have a person like that too. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. and it would always catch me off guard because it was from him. Like that's my nigga. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, we didn't talk about emotions and mm-hmm. shit. Like it was very surface level. You know what I mean? But there were plenty of times that he would reach out and I'd be like, "Oh shit, okay." Like matter of fact, he was the first one to ever know that I was doing therapy, and I had been doing therapy for a couple months at that time. Mm-hmm. No, nobody else knew. Stefo didn't know. The rest of my friends didn't know. Mm-hmm. My roommate didn't know. Nobody. He was the first one I yeah. told. Because we had a real last conversation. And I was like, yo, man, like, 
I just want to let you know, like, I'm doing therapy. Mm-hmm. It's it's working, but it's slow. And he was like, good. I'm, I'm glad that you're getting help. Yeah. And it's crazy because in the poem that I wrote, he's the one that I'm talking about. He was the one that hit me. I was like, okay. yo, we having a party because he had just graduated. Yeah. So I was like, all right, yeah. Well, I can't not go. I can't not go. Like, this, this is my man. It's like, I can't not fucking go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And- like stuff like that stuff like I can't not be there for that I can't right. not be there for that is stuff that I that keeps me from yes. getting to that space that works for me now mm-hmm. at the time it didn't but now yeah. it's now that it's transformed yeah I'm at that space now where I'm like I I remember a few times of having those suicidal thoughts and on some real narcissistic shit being like nah I still got art to create like <laughs> I I still have poetry to write. I still got shit to do. I still have shit to do. I can't do this today. And at least, but like, at <laughs> least you knew you had something to do. Right. You had something to right. do. And it's nothing, like, it's not like I gotta go to work. It's like, I have to do this for me. For so me. that I have something yes. for me to come back to. Right. Something about me. Something that's mm-hmm. mine that I'm leaving here. Mm-hmm. And I feel that. Yeah. That I feel. Yeah. And it's just, it's so, it's so wild, man. Like... Even with writing that poem, it was that's how this podcast came to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because ooh, I'll I was, tell it. I'll tell it. Let me tell it. Oh, go ahead. Tell Let it. me go tell, it. tell it. Because tell it. it was my idea. So, at least this specific episode of yes. this podcast is my idea. Mm-hmm. So, he, Brandon, and I were doing a poetry event, and we were both performing at it. And he performed his poem on the day that he decided not to commit suicide. And it hit me really hard because it was probably about a week ago. Um, and it was coming up on this day that I knew was coming that I was kind of dreading and dreading how to deal with. Um, because, like I said, I shut down when it happened. I didn't really speak to anybody for like a week. Like, I nobody knew what was happening with me. They just didn't know where I was. And right. I'm not that kind of person. Right. Anyways. So, Brandon did this poem and it hit me so hard. And I realized it hit me so hard because of how close this day was. And after he finally published the first episode of the podcast, I messaged him and I was like, I have an idea and I want you to do this with me because... And I told him about my cousin and how it's the anniversary... And I said that I wanted to really, instead of sitting at home crying like I was going to, I wanted to use this day for myself in a healthy way um, and speak in a positive way that would help more people than just having me sitting at home wallowing in my shit and crying because that's how I would spend my day otherwise. So I asked him if he would do this with me and here we are. No hesitation. I said, yes. (laughs) Hell yes. No question. It's fucking perfect. And necessary. Like, it's... I. One thing that I'm finding, as far as my connections with people, I, I remember a time when people would say, oh, you're tweeting too much. Or you're you're too open about your feelings. There's no such thing. Fuck I not. Can't. Fuck y'all. I'm, right. Listen. Right. Listen. <laughs> listen. Me. When I realized... <laughs> The day, like, the time that I realized that, like, I'm going to tell you exactly how the fuck I'm feeling. Yes. <laughs> fuck that. How you doing? I'm good. I'm fine. I'm okay. Like, no. no, fuck that. I am sad. I'm upset. Yes. I'm mad as fuck. Yes. Like, I am pissed. Yes. I'm unhappy. 
Yeah. I'm gonna tell you how I'm fucking feeling. Uh-huh. Fuck your feelings. If you go ask me how I'm feeling, this you, is then you're, if you ask me how I'm feeling and you don't wanna know, that's your fault. Exactly. So don't ask me how I'm feeling if you don't want the truth. And I think people have, it's such a social norm to be, how are you doing? I'm fine. What's up? Hi, like I'm good. Yeah. What's good? Like it's a, it's a passing in the street mm-hmm. and those, those interactions have no meaning and no lasting effect. They're so just surface level bullshit. Like yeah. there's yeah. people pretending to be okay when they're not. Right. I don't pretend anymore. Nah. And I refuse to. And that's better for Cause, me. Yeah. Cause it's, it's pointless to pretend. Because at the end of the day, you're not good, you're not good. Exactly. And it, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That is A-okay. And it's like, I, I realized very quickly, like, okay, so not everybody's going to be able to handle Mm-mm. the fuck that I, the, the shit that I have to say. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's not for them to handle. Mm-mm. Somebody else is going to see them and be like, yo. They're going to need it. Yeah, I'm glad you spoke up on this. I was feeling this too. And a lot of my connections with people to this day. I will meet people, whether it's in Greek life or whatever, I will meet people that say, oh, I follow you on Twitter. You be saying some real shit. Like, I love that you're so open. I'm like, oh, thank you. Or if it's at an open mic, like, yo, your poetry is really deep. Like, you tell a story, but like, it relates to you and you be saying some real, some real shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I will, I will never forget uh, my guy, Ashton. It was the oh, first yes. time, yeah, the first time I ever He's performed. He's in the sensei, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first time I ever performed, after the open mic, he walked up to me and he's like, yo, I need to hear more of you. Like, you, you got something to say. And I was like, what? I've never been told that before. Mm-hmm. That shit stuck with me. Like, I called my mom and I was like, mom, yo, I performed and this dude... He was wearing a suit, he had this dope ass button, he was real cool, mm-hmm. he tall as hell, and he was like, yo, you got something to say, I need to hear more of you, yada, 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 and I was like, oh, I'm doing this shit, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna make this a regular thing, because before, I would never perform, like, mm-hmm. I was so fucking nervous to perform, I'm like, nah, Bruh. now, I don't get nervous anymore, now I'm like, it's... <laughs> Let me go do this shit. Let me go. I'll let you know when I hit that point. Because <laughs> you know it's me. It's going to happen. I know, but it's you know me. I'd be, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Yeah. And then I start talking and I'm like, oh, I'm good. But like, yeah. it, it, I have to get. The, the build up is I gotta like, get. Ah, I got to get to the mic first and yeah. then I'm chilling. Yeah. Like, it's not. <laughs> now it's, for me, especially at, <laughs> at the, um, the point of view open mics, yeah. I do those every month. Which I'm, I'm so mad I'm going to miss this next one. So mad, but I'm being LA. Is that? Is that this Friday? Next Friday. Next Friday. Okay. Yeah. Well, this coming Friday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but now, like when I do them, I'm like. Oh, that's Founders Day. I'm not going. Oh well. Yeah. Well, there's that. I just. (laughs) December will be there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I didn't go for like three months, but at least I came back and performed. Okay. I was at work. I know. We'll let that slide. We'll let that slide. It's understandable. Um, I gotta live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you got bills and shit. Right. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny because, like, now whenever I go, I'm like, okay, somebody is gonna feel these words. Mm-hmm. Somebody's gonna connect with the shit that I have to say, you know. <coughs> mm-hmm. And that's my approach to everything, really, with my tweets and shit. And I be, I be tweeting some wild shit. Oh yeah. Wild shit. I don't even have my Twitter. You know, I begin. I get screenshots of <laughs> because everybody knows I'm not on Twitter. So I'll get screenshots and they'll be like, 
<laughs> this nigga wild. Who's man? <laughs> Who's man? And I'm like, that's weird. But I'm the same in person, so people meet me and they're like, oh, you you really be talking? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I really be talking my shit. I do but feel zero feelings. Like, th- right. I yeah. this. Oh, oh, oh. I'll respond to that later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Text nah, messages. I almost got back on Twitter and Damn it. no, I'm not doing it. Why? Because, 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 because I've never. Because what? Because one, I've never actually liked Twitter. Even when I had my Twitter, I like honestly, my Twitter is worse than my Tinder. Like at least my t- Tinder, I go back to every like couple months. My Twitter, I haven't tweeted a tweet. I could check, my dude. I could check. So if you have on, you have on, right? Now, like yo, I'm back. What's good? What I missed? Like I. Don't, but the thing is, like, I don't know if I need that energy. It can be a lot. I don't need that energy. I don't want to get like wrapped up in Twitter. Like, I, I don't like. I I don't. I'm not. I'm not one for drama. Like, I never have. It's been. a lot of drama on like, Twitter. <laughs> I know. Listen, I know a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I find I'm the kind of person who finds out everything. I don't need Twitter for it. True. Getting Twitter would just get me wrapped up because. I don't have a filter either. <laughs> yeah. But but I don't need an outlet for that at all. <laughs> like, see, yeah. I, I, I would get in trouble. <laughs> see, I, I feel like I'm I'm past the point of getting in trouble. I mean, now. Like, I should be. Who, but who gonna check? Who gonna check me? You're right. That's true. Nobody would check me either. But that's not the point. The point is okay, I that. I don't need to put myself in a position to need to be checked, I, even if somebody I would. That. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. You want to hear what I got to say? I'll tell you. True. <laughs> I feel it. See, I, I, think I, I think I don't really get involved in the shit, but I be peeping shit. And I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. Messy. But, usually, but you know what's funny? I get screenshots and stuff like that anyway. Of course. People of course. And anyway. I end up getting them too, but then like, usually I ask one of my agents, I'm like, wait, who is this and why are they wild? What's happening? And, you know, because my ACs know everybody, so then they fill me in. I'm like, oh, okay, connecting the dots. I didn't know this person followed me. That's messy, though. Um, and then oh, yeah, like, it's messy, but, I, but I like the mess. I don't know. Anyways. I like the mess. I think, oh, let's touch on the social media of it all. Yeah, let's, okay, we can do that. Let's talk about just, like, the hiding. Because Man. I just want, I, like, was thinking about, I'm like... Do you know how often, like, you will think somebody is so happy? Oh, yeah. So perfectly happy. Everything is okay. Everything is good. And they're going through it. Oh, yeah. And it's like that facade of, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. Right. Look, I'm doing all these things. Mm -hmm. But are you really all right? See, for me, I, I used to do that. I said, I used to do that, like, because I had my family on Facebook mm-hmm. or whatever. And then I, I hit a breaking point. I was like, I am not okay. Oh, I I'm think. A, I'm going to post some poetic shit and I'm going to play it off as I'm just writing. But everybody that knows me, like, oh no, he, oh, he going mm-hmm. through it. Look, I'm the queen of. How are you doing? I am sad type memes. Like, that's me. Yeah. Like, I, you'll know. Yeah. I'll be like, yep, me. There's, Accurate. There's, like, been, there's I, been a few I, of them I see and I'm like, oh, I know what that's about. Yeah, me. Oh. <laughs> We're not talking about that on video. <laughs> <laughs> no, not just that. There's been other things. This is true. 
everybody's doing great yeah you and then and then you have this complex of like they're doing all of these great things and i ain't doing shit right. and you're sitting there and you're thinking that you're not worth it when right. really those people are showing you the absolute best of their lives right mm-hmm. now and that's just the good stuff and you don't know what else they're doing what else they've been through how hard it was for them to get to wherever they are right now and like but people are so at this day and age we're so comparative yeah we compare ourselves to everybody around us and everybody we don't know we do don't like everybody we knew 10 years ago and we're there at and like honestly i like i will in in cycles just go through and just get rid of people that like why do i need to know about what you're doing with your life when i haven't spoken to you in eight years why do I need to know what you're doing in right. your life? Like that affects zero of my day. Right. Except yeah. the fact that I just saw it right now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that you're married with three kids and I am sitting here in my apartment alone trying to decide if I should eat some pizza rolls or actually cook. Okay? So coming up. What the fuck am I doing? And the thing is, and the thing is, shit. The thing is you're doing plenty. Yeah. You were doing enough. Yeah. You got up today. I'm out here. And that was enough. Yeah. You went to work today. That was enough. I, I know mean, you ain't go to work I today. I, I did. You did it. I know. Um I I know. <laughs> Whatever. Back in the day I didn't either. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like we get in such this like this mindset of like I need to be in this place by this time and that fucks us up yeah that fucks us up because we don't have the same resources that people did back when they established that you should be in this place at this age at this time right that's not fair anymore right that don't make sense anymore and we have we have like this cookie cutter sense of Accomplishment, like oh, I should be married by this age. I should be doing this. I should have my career, yada yada yada. And get my phone. Oh, there you go. I was wondering where it was. I'm like, oh. Um. <laughs> and it's it's trash. Like you know, it, it's like you said with social media, we tend to compare a lot. And I remember, especially in my dark places, I was looking at my closest friends. I was looking at everybody. And you're like, they out. look so happy. They look so fucking happy. And even people that I knew personally, like, niggas is out here falling in love and graduating and getting careers and getting houses and getting cars and doing all of this shit that I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with my life? And it was, it was. Nothing. Envy is the devil. Like, <laughs> envy will rob you of of every small joy in your life. 
and it will skew your views. And <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. And it wasn't until like this last year. <laughs> it wasn't until like this last year that I started paying more attention to what I'm doing. Yeah. And I post about it on Instagram all the time. Yeah. Like I what I realize is I'm not going to just post the good shit. Cause that's not all that my journey is. At all. I'm gonna post the bad shit. I'm gonna post the low days. I'm gonna post, you know, I'm not feeling that great today. I'm not feeling my work. Because there is somebody who needs to know yeah. that everybody's not feeling great. Exactly. There is someone. Like I honestly, like there is I have a sister, one of my story sister, Cheyenne. Um, and she, I, I you know, love her. okay, cool. I love her. Her, she, her whole story. Yes. Her transformation. Oh, in like yeah. the Last year or two. Oh Bro. my God. She is so Nickel. inspirational, and I mean that in the sense yes. that, like, and she's bipolar. Yeah. And she is so upfront and open yeah. about who she is and what she deals with because she really just wants people to know that it's okay to go through things that it's okay and other people have and it can get better yeah like she's out here thriving in love about to graduate like i'm like yo it's funny because she was one of the main people's posts i would i would like religiously check Mm -hmm. because she was so open and yeah to make sure she's okay i wanted to see what what she was feeling that day and she was one of those people that I looked to and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to post about this shit. Because I see what her posts are doing for me. Because she's very open and honest. She's mm-hmm. very upfront. And I've, I've mm-hmm. only maybe had like two or three conversations with her in person. But she's a delight. From no. what I remember, she's a, so sweet. a true delight. Um, so something like I, like, and that I think, like, seeing her posts regularly about what she was dealing with about the day she couldn't get out of bed about the days that she was doing great and then the next day she couldn't get out of bed and like I I think that was something that really motivated me and I tell her when I see her post that she was an inspiration for me because that is something that really made me like sit and think and be like yeah fuck this I'm not good I'm not good I'm not good, and I'm not gonna tell you I'm good. I'm not gonna pretend. You ask me how I'm doing, I'm not gonna say I'm good. If you don't ask me how I'm doing, that's a whole nother issue. Right. But. (laughs) Right. If you ask, be prepared for the answer. Yes. And, like, it kind of gave me that strength and that courage to really say, like, no, I'm not good. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. It's cool that I'm not good right now. Yeah. It's not cool if I sit in this. Right. Yeah. If I sit and I stew, but if I talk about it, then that gives me more of an opportunity to at least like get it out. Mm-hmm. And it's a, I took it a step further, and there would be times when I would be sitting in below, and I'd say, "I'm like, look, I've been low for a few days. I haven't, I haven't exactly figured out how to get the fuck out of it, mm-hmm. but I've been here. I've been sitting in." That was me for like a month. Like yeah. I told you, I yeah. was like, I have been. I've been having some low times and I can't figure out what it is that I need to do that's putting me in this place. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I know I'm sitting here and I don't like that I'm sitting here. And I think something that really does hit hard when you're struggling with depression, when you're going through depression, is figuring out, like, let me step up. Oh, where? Um... 
is uh, figuring out it's a picture. <laughs> uh, I think she's replying to the yeah. story. Right? But something that like is figuring out like what you need to do, like when you get complacent yeah. in your depression, yeah. when you get comfortable in your depression, when you get okay with not getting out of bed, when you get okay with not showering for two days, when yeah. you get okay with the fact that you haven't interacted with people mm-hmm. in like a week. Yeah. Like when you get complacent in that is when you really like get stuck in your head. Yeah, oh, oh, oh my God. That, and, that phrase there being stuck in the head. Oh my God. And you get stuck in your head and you have no outside. There's nothing coming in mm-hmm. to counteract your thoughts. And you honestly in those places, you don't have full control of those thoughts coming at you. It's not all you. You got some chemicals in you that is fucking with your shit. And you have to like, you have to have that outside energy to balance out the fact that like, wait, no, this isn't, this isn't right. Like, let me get back to me. But you don't realize that when you get stuck and you get complacent and you get okay with being sad and stuck and there. Yeah. So you have to like, like I stay, I try my best to never get comfortable in my depression. Yeah. Like, and that's not easy for everyone to do. Yeah. And it, I can't say I never have. Right. If I didn't, if I hadn't done it before, I wouldn't know that I needed to not. Right. Like, right. You know? right. <laughs> this is a mistake I've made in the past, and I need to not do that again. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's a, it's funny you say that because, like, I've, I've gotten comfortable in my depression many times mm-hmm. and, and it's funny because I've had times when I'm like I wake up and I'm like oh this is what we doing alright this is what we doing today right, whatever I'm going along for the ride it's a low day let's go let's get the fucking day over with and then the next day I'm like oh we're still here oh okay then it's been a week oh shit my god okay we're still here. Do you know what I've been... Fuck it. <laughs> do you want to know something I do, like, for myself mm-hmm. to counteract that? Yes. I try to do something I've never done before. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be something big and crazy. Right. A little thing. Like, I... So, most recently, like, the most recent thing that I did that I had never done before, I rode on the back of a motor... I rode on a motorcycle. True. Um, but, like, it has been as small as going to a restaurant I've never been to before. Mm-hmm. Cooking I've never something I've never cooked before. Mm-hmm. Like just something that you've never done to show you that there are experiences that you still have to have. Yeah. I like you know what's you know what's actually funny? That's how I got into baking. Huh. Yeah. Because I <laughs> I was low as shit. Low and it, it, it's funny because it was around this time mm-hmm. last year. Like I want to say, like maybe a month ago. It's that last seasonal year. shit. It's the seasonal shit. <laughs> it's the seasonal shit. That's the because, seasonal shit. Because I, I don't go, I don't go home for the holidays anymore. Ugh, and it fucks with. If you need somebody to go for Thanksgiving, I got you. My grandma's out this bitch. Bet. So, <laughs> so last year, I remember being at my apartment, and I'm sitting there. I know I walk into the kitchen, and I'm just like, I need to do something. And I'm looking around and I was just like, I feel like baking. 
what am I gonna make? And right as I said, like, what the fuck am I gonna bake? I'm scrolling on Facebook and those uh, the cheesecake. The, yeah, yeah, the shit popped up and I was like, the shit popped Yo, up. Y'all buy his said, cheesecake anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know the baking lotus at the baking lotus on Instagram. You know, plug, plug, plug one time. <laughs> My shit's amazing. Get at me for your deals. It's so good. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I got the seasonal shit going on. You know what I'm saying? Pumpkin swirl, yada yada yada. It's fire, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one of my customers told you. Honestly. So I saw I saw that and I was like, huh, I've never made cheesecake before. I'm gonna do it. And I remember like going to the store, getting everything that I needed. And I think like my roommate was with me. And I'm pretty sure he's like, What you making, dog? I'm gonna make cheesecake. And he's like, Have you made cheesecake before? No. All right, fuck it. <laughs> like, let's go. So, I made it. I remember immediately being like, I'm tweaking this. I'm, I don't know how, but I'm going to tweak it, mm-hmm. whatever. And my roommate fucked with it. It's all in the back. And, like, from there, I was like, oh, I have all these ideas. The first time I ever made pumpkin swirl cheesecake, my niggas tried it. Because what we do is, uh, with the coven, we always have, I just noticed we didn't do that this year. Usually around Halloween, we link up, we get food, we bring a bunch of shit, and we watch, uh, yeah, we didn't even do it this year. Um, I know I'll see them soon, though. We watch, uh, The Craft. I'm trying to watch that for my Halloween movie marathon, and I couldn't find nowhere but stars, and I'll have that shit, I'm like... (laughs) That's my fucking movie. It's so good. It's such a good movie. Shout out, shout out to Rachel True. She's still fine. My God, that woman does not age. Anyways, so that's so yeah. I made pumpkin swirl cheesecake for my niggas, and I had been feeling low. But the moment that all that shit changed was when they took a bite. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, the moment that, like, my mood instantly changed was when they took a bite and they were like, yo. Yo, this shit is good. And I was like, oh, I really? I love, I love, 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 love yeah. cooking for people. Like, right. cooking is actually, so, you bake, I cook, we know these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm really low when I don't want to actually make a meal. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because I love the kitchen. I love cooking. I love food. Yeah. And it makes you feel better. But, like, when I don't even feel like getting up to make something, that's when I know I'm down. Yep. And I will go from, like, not having a real home-cooked meal Mm -hmm. for, like, a week and a half, Mm -hmm. and then a bitch will come out with a fucking buffet. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make a bunch of shit in the room. Because I got all this pent up shit and I'm like, yo, somebody come eat because now I make too much food. And I live by I, myself. I so I'm gonna need y'all. <laughs> like, I don't eat all this food. Somebody help. Because <laughs> help. I'm not throwing it away. It's like, you come through when I cook. I'm like, I made all of this. You come through when I cook. Come cooked. through. Yeah. I came, you came over and I said, I got pasta, I got a potato bake, I got, what do you want? You want both? <laughs> I was just like, uh, yeah, give me all of that. I mean, whatever you have, I will 
I will eat it. And I, I love, I live for, I'm, I'm so domesticated. <laughs> and it's funny because I have, I have homies back in LA who like, they refuse to cook. And I, I hate that shit. I don't understand it. I hate I that shit. As much as I love to cook, you better know how to do something. Right. And it, it's it's very interesting. Like, being on, like, dating apps and shit, I always say, like, oh, yeah, I love cooking. Like, you think I got this size not cooking? The, the fuck? I My mama cook- stopped feeding me a long time ago. Right. I had to learn to do it myself. <laughs> right. Right. I, I remember being younger and, like, my mom teaching me how to cook. Like, all the shit that I loved eating... Okay, I'm gonna teach you how to cook. So I don't have so, to. Yeah, yeah. So anytime, and then I anytime I would go back home, like I cook for her. Like it's it's me. It's that's fun. me. I love it. I love it. My mom it. will be out here making requests. She'll be like, "I bought all the stuff. Make this." <laughs> I'll be okay, mom. But I'm gonna be in LA next weekend, and I met. I last time my mom was out here, I made her uh, lemon cheesecake. <gasps> yeah, and I had told her, I'm like, this is. One of one. I wasn't even gonna put it on the menu. Like this is one of one. I'm making it just for you because this is what you requested. She texted me on her way back home, and she was like, "These are so good." Oh, did you make her the bites? Yeah, I made her the bites. And she's like, "They're so good. And they held up so well. Oh my god." And I was like, "Yeah." So I, I spoke to her a couple days ago, and she was like, "So when you come home." London cheesecake bites and I'm gonna need more than 12 this time and I was like alright yeah I got you like my mom is the one person like I'll never charge her mm-hmm. ever cause that's mom shoot my mom would like, cut me <laughs> right right she'd be like I, <laughs> I fed your ass for how long you wanna charge me for some cheesecake what <laughs> who raised you my mom is good for saying that who, I thought I'd raised you better than that but it's, It'd it's, be like that. It's the funniest shit because, like, you know, mama, I was raised by a single mother, so, you know, I was taught how to cook and everything else. And it's like, yeah, you will find me in the kitchen chefing it up. Like, I don't care if I have to cook every night. I will because I love that shit. There is, like, I always love those memes around Thanksgiving time where it's like, it's a picture of, like, an old lady in the background watching everyone eat. She's smiling. just like, that's me. That's me. That's me too. I'm just like, oh, y'all like it? Y'all no, like that shit, because huh? you know what's funny? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go to my grandma's house. Like I said, I'm probably going to go to my grandma's house Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I'll go to my grandma's house. She'll be like, um, you want to make the ham and the greens and the mac and cheese? <laughs> so I'm like, what are you making? <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm watching you. I'm so literally, nice. like, I end up making everything at this point when I go to family because they know I got it. Yeah, I cooked, uh, I cooked when my mom came for Christmas mm-hmm. last year. Um, and it was funny because like she was in the kitchen with me and she my mom loves to, to help she wants to be helpful mm-hmm. but she was in my way I oh <laughs> my mom doesn't even go in the kitchen when I'm cooking anymore <laughs> hey, I think my, I think my mom learned now but like I was like unless I ask you how to do because like my mom makes mac and cheese a specific way I make mac and cheese and I wanted her to show me how she makes it mm-hmm. so I learned I was like okay I see how you're doing it um but other than that, I was making everything else, and she was getting away. I was like, I, I, I got, I got this. Man. She's like, I'm just trying to be helpful. I'm like, I, nah, nah. I got this. You go chill out. I'll let you know when it's ready. Okay. <laughs> I'm the queen of that because I'll be. I'll be get out. Get out. 
get out. And you see my kitchen. My kitchen ain't big. So no. I'm like, I ain't no room in here. Like, look, step. Nah, like me and my mom in the kitchen together be <laughs> ass to ass. It doesn't. <laughs> um, there's no space. Okay. No space. There's no space. No. Um. <laughs> To bring you back. Yes, because we, we, we talked about well, it was because we talked about soul food. Okay, yes. it's for the soul. It is. It's, for it's the good soul. for the soul. It picks me up. My my go-to thing is usually, other than like making sure other people are good, like you were saying earlier, I I cook, I bake. So usually, when I when I do that Facebook post or I post on Snapchat, whatever, I'm gonna make this. Come over. It's mainly because I just I need people there, Me. and then I'm like I'm gonna give them a reason to be here. I'm gonna cook, and hopefully they like it. And it sucks being in the place where you feel like you need to give someone a reason to be around yeah. you. Yes, because it's the fucking worst. Because I've been there. Because I had I had people have like I was just like I want to be around people, but I don't want to go out because anybody yeah. who knows me knows I go out a lot. I'm a very social person. Yeah. Like a lot of people who know me would have no idea that I go through the things I go through. Because I am the kind of person who will slap a smile on their fucking face because I live my life with the mantra that no matter how you're doing, somebody is having a tougher day than you are. Yeah. So I slap a smile on my face no matter where I go because somebody needs that smile. Right. Um, But I had a bunch of people over my house because I wanted to have the experience of being out without leaving my house because I didn't want to leave my house yeah. that day but I knew I needed oh, yeah, people I you came that, you came yeah. yeah that was fun yeah and I just wanted to have something intimate enough where it was people I knew in my home mm-hmm. who I was comfortable with who I could have a good time with without feeling socially like forced to yeah. to be stuck and hot and yeah. uncomfortable and stuck in like entertaining yeah. random niggas I don't know and entertaining yeah. dumb bitches getting me not punching <laughs> you in the face in the club because you're annoying. So, yes. like, I wanted to be me with my peoples mm-hmm. in my space but have the good time I was used to having. True. So, like, it was just, like, and sometimes you need to pay attention to when people are trying to bring you around. Yes. When you when people yeah. who haven't been around, who people who have been quiet, people who have been in their own place are suddenly like, yo, I wanna see you all. Mm-hmm. Because you never know it like how they're feeling. Right. Especially if you know they've been going through it. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing is just check on your strong friends. Yes. Because yes, 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 those yes, yes. are the people who probably need it and you don't even know. Yeah. Because you don't check on them. So. Okay, and we're back. So we last touched on um, recognizing when people are trying to reconnect, so to speak. Um, after they've been going through some shit. I can relate to that because uh, one of my best friends, uh, shout out to Juan Carlos, my nigga, my captain, my ace. I love that queen. Um, (laughs) He, I was closest to him for the longest time. We were roommates freshman year. 
we lived together for like three years or something like that and pledged together. So I knew him very well. I, I know him very well, I should say. And there was a period of time after he graduated that we would all, you know, with the coven, with our group, we would always hang out. We hung out a lot more back then because we had more free time. And we hit him up. Yeah, grown, being grown sucks. Um, but we'd hit him up. And it got to a point where like, we knew he wasn't necessarily in the best of places. And he, would, he wasn't reaching out to us. He wasn't reaching back or he would cancel or whatever. And at first, we took it personally. Like We felt a ways naturally because it's like, yo, if one of our niggas ain't coming out with us, like we're going to feel a ways after a while. Uh, and we would make jokes about it, like, oh, you flaking on us, yada, yada, yada. But then I remember the conversations we would have, and we'd be like, okay, he's actually dealing with stuff, because we know him. Mm-hmm. And we stopped taking it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, okay, we got to give him his space. We know how we need to operate. We got to give him his space. Let him come to us when he's ready. So there would be moments when, like, he'd be on Twitter and he, he hardly ever tweets, but he'll tweet something or he'll send something to our group chat or whatever. Like, oh, thought about y'all. And we'd have a separate group chat and we're like, yo, y'all see this? <laughs> like, or, oh shit, he snapped us. Holy fuck. He snapped us a picture of his cat or whatever. It could be the smallest shit. But he's alive. But he's alive. It's a sign. And, or he would hit us up and be like, hey. Uh, let's hang out this day. And all of us would literally be like, bitch, we don't have shit planned. We're hanging out with him because this is rare, you know? Um, But we all recognize like, okay, he may be dealing with something he needs to deal with his shit because he's a very private person in that way. And we'll just have to trust that once he's good, he'll come back to us. Um, And really... Really, all of us are like that, pretty much. And... You gotta let him go through your Yeah. Like, and we have our... We all have our moments where we... You know, we may be dealing with some shit. And then we might not respond on a group chat or whatever. And then... You know, there's just that time where we're like, Yo, let's hang out. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, in the case of... Dealing with... With suicide one of the big things for me was that day and I had had thoughts before and I never really spoke on them I think I think maybe I spoke on them in a higher level but that narcissistic thought that I had like I got mm-hmm. I got art to create I think I told him about it mm-hmm. and I remember the look he gave me was like damn dog <laughs> like, that's all? That's, that's it? that's narcissistic as fuck <laughs> like, alright <laughs> whatever you gotta do though like but okay yeah, but yeah, right <laughs> And so, like you sure? <laughs> but we we would always have these discussions of just like life is so sh- shitty, like this world is shitty, you know. And we would talk about like our differences from our our peers and like just in how we think and our rationale and like having those moments of uncertainty and having those moments of like do I do I really fit anywhere? Because I think this way, but. Everything about society or everything about my immediate group, whether it's fraternity or Greek life, whatever the case may be, the people that we associate with, they think very clearly differently from us. 
and we feel weird or we're looked at as weird. Like my group of friends, my niggas, I remember a time when people didn't, well, my brothers didn't fuck with us. And that just made us closer. We're like, all right, well, fuck y'all. Like, we're not going to act like y'all. Gang, gang, out here. A whole lot of gang shit. As Aaron would say, gang shit, no lame shit. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's, it's always been amusing to me and just odd to me to watch how our society grows and really look at how Greek life is and, and, and just our generation, mm-hmm. how we all interact and avoid emotions, the real. avoid the real shit. And then when you have motherfuckers like me, like you, you have those motherfuckers that are open about the real shit and aren't afraid to say, yeah, I've had these dark thoughts. It's at first we're shunned, you know what I mean? And it's fucked up because like, okay, I'm already in a dark spot. There's this weird thing, and I, it's it's a positive, uh, but also a very, like, I don't want to say negative, but it's a strange trend uh, of people being depressed and being honest about it, but also there's like, like, it's strange how much everyone I know can relate. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if it's just in the fucking air right now for us youngins. Like, no we're going through it and we're in a weird place. Yeah. But, I, like, I'll post a meme about being depressed and I'm like, you get saying niggas in the comments like same. same. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm fun. like, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Because like, I'm sorry. Like, do you want to uh, hug me? Because oh. I want to give you one. I don't want you to feel like oh, this shit. too. I'm like, oh, it's not just me. <laughs> like, oh. Oh, we all going through it. Fuck. Like, okay. Like my, my tagline of sorts for the podcast is dealing with the fertilizer of life because we're all dealing with some shit. <laughs> I feel like I didn't say that to you. Don't you dare act like I didn't say that to you. You did, because we, talk, we were talking about the, the, name. the name. Yeah, we're trying to figure out the name, and we you said that. I was like, yes. And we both were like, because we're all going through shit. We're all, yes, yes, fuck yes. Because we are. It's the, fa- it's the fact of fucking life. And it's, I always see older, like, like our parents' generations, our grandparents' generations, and they always talk about this shit. This culture of self-diagnosis. Diag- Diagnosis. That's the fucking word. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This culture of self-diagnosis and a yearning to be alike. And th- there's this belief that like it's all just our generation trying to be like each nah, other. But it's bro, like, y'all made us depressed. Exactly. Like, it's like I, we're sad out here, and right. there are reasons that we're sad, and right. they're maybe not all the same reasons, and like. It's not all, I mean, yeah, sure, sometimes it's self-diagnosis, but it's not that hard to figure out you're depressed. You gotta Let's start be fucking real. Yeah. Let's be fucking real. You might be depressed to some extent, like, my mom's diagnosis, my mom has had, like, six or seven different diagnoses. Yeah. Like, depression, anxiety, and yeah. then finally they got to the root of it, which was post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Which then led to depression and anxiety. Right. She had gone through some shit in her life. And she has gone through plenty of shit in her life. Right. And those traumas stuck with her. 
and because of those traumas, like PTSD is not just from going to war and getting shot at. Okay? Oh no, help, like, gr- growing up in the hood. Right, growing up in the hood, PTSD abusive relationships, yeah. all of that shit yeah. piles up, and then you are, and then you 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 react to other yeah. things in different ways, and it leads to those things. But like your traumas shape what you are, and I feel like even depression, like depression, and like I have depression. I know you have like. But depression and bot, like everybody carries that in a different way. Yeah, it manifests itself in different ways. Completely different ways. And like my depression does not look like someone else's. My anxiety does not look like someone else's. Like people don't realize that I'm depressed because I still have a smile on my face. Mm So you won't know. You don't know because I keep the crying, I keep the sad, I keep the the all day asleep. It's in my home. I'm at home. And when I decide to get up and walk out that door, I decide to also put a smile on my fucking face because I don't know who needs it. And a lot of people don't realize that there's levels to the shit. Like, for me, I'm very open about my depression, but usually the the amount of time that has passed between a depressive episode hitting and me feeling like shit and me going through the motions and me posting about it, there's a wide berth in that. Like, case in point, when Mac Miller died, mm-hmm. it was instant. Mm-hmm. It hit me and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be okay from this. But the, the real fucked up part of it was weeks after. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm good. And then, oh, no, I'm not. This shit is still hitting. But even with the shit that I talked about on Twitter or whatever, it did not compare, it did not stack up to what I was actually feeling. So what we may see in public, what we may read or whatever, it is never, actually I won't say never, nine times out of 10, it does not measure up to what it's actually being felt. So for me, like, uh, a couple of my brothers once said, yo, like, you seem bipolar on Facebook because one minute you're posting something happy and the next minute no, you're posting no, no. some sad right, shit. Right, right. No, like, look, 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 look. One minute I wanted to laugh because I was sad. Thank you. I'm sad. I posted some sad shit because I was being honest. I posted right. some funny shit because I wanted to right. laugh and then I thought somebody else might have needed right. that shit that day. Also, can we... I, I would really like for our people to get out of saying, oh, I'm bipolar, because you feel a wide range of emotions very quickly. Right? That's not, yeah. I, I would really love for our people to get out of saying shit. Like not that. even, or I'm depressed, because you're just a little sad one day. Like, right. those don't discount, right. don't discount what I deal with and, because you're sad today. And, you and might even, actually be depressed, that's not, that's and fine. Yeah, and even, but, and, and even then, people don't realize there's a difference between being depressed and having depression and having a single depressive episode exactly that there's so many levels to all of this shit that it's like being anxious and having anxiety same thing right there's a difference there now if it's on a consistent basis maybe you should look into that but you know i'm i'm an advocate for seeing a therapist a psychiatrist whatever the fuck you oh oh i'm a strong believer Everybody, everybody needs therapy. Oh, yeah. You need it. There's Even if something. you go one time and you were like, 
like, okay, I'm cool though. Like, I'm all right. Yeah. Good for you. But you went that one time. But go that one time. That one time. Go that one time because yeah. you might go that one time and realize you've been holding on to some shit mm-hmm. that you didn't even know that you were dealing with still, that you didn't know you were dealing with in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it just helps you put things into perspective yeah. like outside party complete outside party stranger to unbiased everything in your life unbiased yeah. opinion just listening to you talk mm-hmm. there is a complete difference in that than having somebody who is involved in your life in any way right hear what you have to say mm-hmm. and especially when you're hearing it from somebody who's going to tell you that all of your feelings are valid mm-hmm. but how do we deal with it Right. Talking to somebody who has a solution, who wants yeah. to help you find a solution to your problem, yeah. because you're never going to go to a therapist who's just like, "All right, talk to me." Right. And, and a lot, then and a lot of people, I've realized with our people, a lot of them have this notion of this belief: Why would I talk to a therapist? If, like, why would I pay to just talk to somebody? That, that's that's the misconception about it. They think that it's just, oh, I'm just going to go and vent. Like, nah. <laughs> nah, they are trying to dig deeper for you exactly. so that you can find the root of your issue. And beyond finding the root of your issues, they want to help you find a way to solve it. Exactly. What do you want to get out exactly. of these sessions? What do you want to get out of this situation? I'm here to help. So I'm not just going to let you talk. Right. Because if I let you talk, you're just doing what you were already doing in right. your head. Exactly. Exactly. And what's... One thing that is that is very key that people tend to miss is you have to do the work. Yeah. And a, a lot of people think, like I saw this this post. I've seen it on Facebook, seen it on Twitter. That mm-hmm. a, a lot of people think self care is just uh, facials and shit, but mm-hmm. self care also involves unpacking your own self-care. shit. A self care like, day for me. You know what that is? Yes. Self-care day for me because when I get into a depressive episode, when I get really down, my home reflects my feelings. So when I get really down, I don't clean, to do my laundry, like shit's a mess. And self-care for me always starts with cleaning my home so that I am in a state where I'm calm and collected. Like before this, I cleaned. Yeah. And so, like, I, I get myself in a headspace where I can be comfortable. Right. Where I'm not like, I need to do this and this and this because it's a mess in here. Right. And not overwhelming myself. So, I clean first. And then I'll probably go to the point where I, like, shower and right. wear, right. like, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Shaving because I probably won't have done that in, like, two weeks because right. I have been who the fuck for. Right. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, and then I might light some incense and meditate. Uh, my mom and I, we used to steam our faces when we would like put in, uh, so yeah, boiling water and a tea, a couple tea bags. Over the that stress release. That sounds heavenly. And you just lay your head over a bowl of towel and yeah. Yes. And you're inhaling, exhaling, like, yeah. but you're also clearing your skin. It's dope. Um, Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so try that. If you I'm, I need to do that. Yeah, do honestly. That. I don't care. Uh, I'll help you out. I got it. Um, incense and just Here like I have like playlists for specific things. So like I have a Sunday cleaning playlist. 
I have a self-care Saturday. I have it's called self-care Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And the music I have on there is is such a wide range. Yeah, so because it's it's specifically for anything tailored to self-care. So it's cleaning, cooking, mm-hmm. uh, like when I'm washing my hair mm-hmm. or if I'm writing. Same. It's for all of that yeah. that encompasses yeah. self-care for me. Yeah, and yeah. I like I have it says Sunday cleaning because it yeah. reminds me like the playlist reminds me of cleaning at home with my mom. Yep. <laughs> I got so, a couple gospel songs on there. Got some Mary mm-hmm. Jane. Right. <laughs> but like, that's what it. That's that's what I made it yeah. with. Um, but like also something else is like the other day I went and I took myself out to lunch. I don't do that enough. I need to. I brought a book and I brought headphones. Myself, nice. and because I had given I had given uh, my sister the advice that like all that energy that you put in to other people, all that effort that you're so upset that you're not getting back, give it to yourself. True. Do that for you then. True. I'm like, you want to help people, like you want to help people pay for, like you want to help people out, feed people, you want to take care of people, take care of you. True. Because who's doing that for you? True. Who's doing that for you? So if nobody's doing that for you, do it for your damn self and don't do it for somebody else next time. And I and I had told her that the night before and then the next day I was like, I need to take my own damn advice. (laughs) Isn't that always the game? Like, I need to take my own advice. And I took myself to lunch and I read a fucking book and I enjoyed my own company. Out in public. I, I got out that. of bed though. I got cute. I put my makeup on. I got like, I wore a cute outfit. Yeah. I did my makeup. I did my hair. And I just sat and read a book. Nice. And ate my food. And so, like, little things, like, it's the little things yeah. that you do for you, yeah. with you. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, you're what you got. True that. Like, That's real. Mm-hmm. Like, I. I am a big supporter of all things self-care. And I find myself preaching things to other people that my therapist tells me. Um, And a big part of it is dealing with your shit. Which is is so difficult for us as human beings because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's very uncomfortable. But it's essential. Like... There's no way you can move forward or, or progress in any way without dealing with your shit because your own shit will set you back. And it's it's all internal. It be your own it, it be, be your own brain. It be your own brain. It be your own toxicity. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> toxicity. That's that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that. Toxicness, that shit. The poison. You were right. You have the word. You have the word, boo. You were good. The the poison in yourself. Yes. That shit. That shit. That shit right there. That shit right there. This shit right here, nigga. This shit right here. Toxic. I was just about to say that. This shit right here, nigga. Toxic. Deal with that. But it's just, I, just to go back to, to suicide. 
because we always end up talking about everything else. Yeah. But what I have found, mm-hmm. at least in my case, when I came to that point of contemplating and and moving past because I had never been one to self harm or anything like that, mm-hmm. but in a way I was, and I said this to my mom. I told her I was like you know I've never been one to cut or anything or self harm unless you count drinking, yes. which, which I maybe do. you should <laughs> because I was drinking heavy, real heavy. <laughs> Bless you. Oh dang, that's on camera. That's <laughs> on video. <laughs> Everybody will hear you sneeze. <laughs> what the fuck was that? It's a sneeze. That's how she sneezes every single time. People don't think I'm screaming. Uh, Yeah. Yes. No, that's my real sneeze. No, I am not holding it in. No, I'm not going to explode. I swear I always think she's holding it in. I'm like, just let that shit go. (laughs) Like, yo, pop a blood vessel. Don't blame me. Sneezing like this since I was little. You can ask my mom. She'll tell you. That's weird. It just happens. Okay? Wow. You have the most unique sneeze I have ever heard. Well, thanks. I'm One more bitch. thing I love about you. I'm different, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, uh, for those who have been wondering, yes, we have been drinking this, uh, what is this shit called? Capriccio. Capriccio sangria. It's the shit with the... Mm, the messy. With, with all the, uh, all the fruits on the bottle that everybody was tweeting about and shit. And yeah. the shit is delicious. Oh, wow. You lush. Okay, well. You lush. Wow. She had to get the last little bit. Yeah, that's disrespectful. I can see it in the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> the shit is delicious. This is not a sponsored ad, but it's wonderful and it makes me feel great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm content. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm next pretty time, happy, actually. Next time we'll have to get two bottles. Yeah. I mean, we probably should We should not. If we get one, two bottles, one for while we're recording. If we get two bottles, you're sleeping on the couch and you know it. I mean, that's fine. That's it's, it's, a, it's a safe space. It's, this is true yeah. for everyone. I'm cool with that. Yes, I fucks with that. Easy, easy facts. Every season has anyway. Yeah. Uh, cheers. Yes, cheers. So to get back on topic, <laughs> because we veered off to the left. I sneezed. That's you sneezed and it, it distracted everyone. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember what I was saying. Um, so. we were talking about self care. Yes. And then you're talking about your beyond toxicity. Yeah. Be your own brain. Yeah. That's where we were at. That's where we were at. Thank mm-hmm. you for bringing me back. I have a great memory. You're welcome. Uh, you do. You have a great memory. I'm old, so you know. Dude, memories. you're only okay. <laughs> memory is shit. You're not that old. The black men are no, nah, never mind. Let me not say that. That was dark. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't supposed to make it past eighteen. But you did, and I now did. you oh. gotta admit that that's not that old. So it's not. Suck it up. I just, I just feel. Carry on. It be your own brain, my dude. It be your own brain, and I, I feel like it's important to stress that for anyone who is, I would say, concerned that their friends are, you know, suicidal or just in that dark space, like I would want to stress that it is their duty to as you said, check up on them. Because oftentimes we think that if we can't see whatever ailment it is, that it's not real. Yes. And oftentimes when you're at the point of contemplating suicide, the darkness is unmanageable. Mm-hmm. And 
And you think no one cares. You think no one cares. And you think you're a... Like, for me, I thought I was a burden because it was my own mind, you know, fucking with me. And then the Twitter shit, like, motherfuckers saying, like, oh, you know, I come on here to laugh or whatever, or... or then don't you know, follow me, you, but that's a separate issue. You know, you always tweeting about this Then don't shit follow me, but yeah. Right, but you know, in that space, that you know, your mind is telling you, "Oh, see, you're annoying. You're a burden because you're not only are you dealing with this shit in person, you're putting this shit out on social media." Like, I had motherfuckers. Like, why are you putting me. your shit out here where everybody can see it? Right, and it's like I'm, I'm just trying no to matter sur- where the I'm shit is. Trying to survive. No <laughs> matter where the shit is, it stinks. Okay. Right. And for me, with posting everything, that's how I was coping. That's how I was dealing with it because. You know, your mind is already your own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And when the shit, the poison is just sitting there, mm-hmm. it's literally eating at me. Yeah. So my outlet was social media. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't even posting it for anyone to see. It was just, I just need to get the shit out, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm doing that and I'm writing. And it, it got to a point where it wasn't working. But... I still had it in my mind that therapy was only for crazy people. Oh, poor thing. Right. I got... That fucked up thinking. So something I have to be thankful for forever is that my mom was the one that allowed herself to be called crazy Uh for years Uh because... She was talking to them doctors, and she was on that medication. But, you know, the second something bad happens, somebody wants some Xanax, oh. Hmm. Now I'm not crazy. Now you want my pills. Now you need me. Now you need it. And she was the one who really showed me that, like, everything's not okay. Right. And that's okay. Right. It's okay. Yeah. Like... Me and my mom, like you, in the last in the last um, session, you guys were talking about um, your roommate's daughter and um, his girlfriend, yeah, yeah, being having the same pills. Yeah. Me and my mom had the same pills, different dosages. Oh wow! Okay. So okay. so we were both on Zoloft and Xanax, and her Xanax prescription was higher and my Zoloft prescription was higher. Mm-hmm. So, like, the dosages were half for each of us. Yeah. So, like, my my depression it was worse than my anxiety, whereas uh-huh. her anxiety was worse than her depression. Uh-huh. And so, like, I could take half of one of her pills and I'd be chilling. Right. Or, like, vice versa. Right. So we would actually, actually had to do that one time. Like, I went to visit and I was like, fuck, mom, I'm out of my fish, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. And I was in Pennsylvania and, like, couldn't get no more there. So yeah. Yeah. I was like, we got to figure this out. Yeah. Um, but stuff like that, like, being that comfortable with my mother really made it that, like, I'm so comfortable with me. Right. Because I watched her go through her go through and I saw how what she had to deal with from other people affected her mm-hmm. and I try my best not to let people affect me in that same way True. so if I wasn't there for that mm-hmm. I'd probably be in a much different place wow that's see and I, I wow I really respect that 
that's that's very interesting because I I didn't have that experience. Like I don't think anybody in my family did therapy or had any kind of. As far as I know, if there was any like history of mental illness or whatever. Probably wasn't documented because they wasn't probably didn't go to no doctor. <laughs> exactly. Not not for that. So like, not for that. Um, and so, for me, the only reference I had, and I spoke about it on, on the last episode, was my dad. That was the only point of reference I had. And like, my mom never, she never said anything to the effect of like, oh, therapy, you know, therapy is only for crazy people or whatever or anything like that. So. I got that notion just from the black community because no. it wasn't coming from my household. But anything. it is, yeah. No. But it's very prevalent it in our community. Mm-hmm. And it's so fucking terrible. And I think to piggyback on what we were saying before about our generation, it's really just we're, I feel like we're in this period of awakening. Where we're recognizing the mistakes of our past. Right. We're recognizing that they didn't do it all right. They didn't right. do it right. That's why we're fucked up still. And that's exactly. that's why I was saying at the beginning that I don't know how I feel about like mental illness being hereditary. I think right. it's cyclical. Right, right. Because like my mom got PTSD because of what she went through in her life. Right. How can that be hereditary? Right, right. When we had completely different experiences. Right. And that's why like the experience in my life shaped what my depression and what my anxiety is. Right. And that's why I think it's not necessarily a hereditary issue in my honest opinion. And it's like not a medical thing. Like clearly, yes, it runs in families. It happens that way. Yes. Like you're more susceptible to those things, just like addiction, which is also a mental illness. Right. That is a hereditary issue. I feel like it's a combination of both. It is. It is. Because there is a reason why you're seeking that one thing. Right. Because addiction comes in many forms, and it's because you need something more. Yeah. Something Um, is missing that you're craving. And why. The why is probably whatever that underlying mental illness on top of it is. Agreed. Um, But I feel like... I lost my train of thought. I feel like... Like the cycles are changing. Yeah, I can see that. The cycles are changing because we're still going through so much trauma. We still have gone through so much trauma, but we're trying at this point to keep our kids from that shit. Yeah. Like, and most, I think we were also at a weird pursuit with children because there's like half a generation who just has all the kids already, and the other half is like. Why am I going to do this? Because our depressed asses are like, this world is so shitty. Why am I going to bring right. more life into it right. when it's a mess? Um, <laughs> so Why would I do that? Why would I wreck somebody else like that? Um, yeah. But it's just an interesting concept of really acknowledging what the root, what the what the trigger was, what the trigger is for your, for the manifestation of your mental illness. Because I, like, when I, the first time I sought therapy was actually for really, it was because I 
wasn't working for the first time since I since my freshman year of college, I was like my junior year, and I didn't have a job. My internship ended early, and I didn't have a job for like three months. And mind you, I was still involved on campus. I was still um, still taking classes. I was still in school. I was still doing a bunch of stuff. But at that moment, like my internship ended early, and I didn't have another job I was working at. And in the process of me seeking out uh, something new to do. I got really down because I felt like I wasn't doing enough. Right. Because throughout my life, I have always been one of those people who was like, go, 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 go. And I realized that I'm high functioning. I have to be doing shit all the time or else I have to deal with me. Right, right, yes. If I'm not doing something, if I'm not, if my time is not occupied, I'm not doing enough and then it's because I'm anxious. Time period, I also hit the point where I got very depressed, and like I realized that my depression was keeping me from finishing my schoolwork properly. Like I couldn't, I couldn't sit down. I like would get halfway through an assignment, know exactly what I wanted to do, but I just couldn't bring myself to finish. Yeah, that's, the worst. that's and I'm like I don't even know. Like I know exactly what I want to say. I read it. I did all the work beforehand. I just can't finish this. I can't do this for you right now. Um. And I was talking to one of my best friends since we've been friends for like eight, nine years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I called her on the phone, and like she's one of those people who I can really like admit when I'm not okay. Yeah. She's one of those people I can genuinely talk to. I probably have like I think about like four people. Yeah. I have four people who I can be like, yo, yeah. nah. <laughs> this ain't it. This ain't it. Um, but, and those are like my old, like, yeah. they've known me from jump. And yeah. so, uh, we were talking about it, and she was like, maybe you should talk to someone. And I was like, maybe I should. Yeah. And I was like, you're right. And I was like, I think, I think I'm depressed. And she was like, you should go deal with that. Yeah. And I, I went to counseling on campus, and I, therapist got me through like she Liliana through the bitch um yeah but so like I did that but I also remember when I first got on meds and I first got on meds it was because I was getting migraines and I couldn't figure out why I was getting migraines and I was getting migraines because I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't sleeping because I was anxious mm-hmm. and I had insomnia because I was anxious mm-hmm. yeah. and therein came the Xanax prescription because yeah. I had to go to bed yeah. um, and so like I don't know how I got there but that's how I got medicated y'all yeah. I'm no longer on meds but that's just I, that's a personal thing I mean like sometimes I, I think I should again but yeah, I I remember a period of time where like I, I think I can pinpoint when the depression kind of like started creeping its way in, mm-hmm. and I think it was around like my sophomore year. Uh, yeah, sophomore year of college. I I distinctly remember the very first panic attack I ever had. I was I remember I was stressing about school, and I had spoken to my mom on the phone. And like 
I couldn't put my finger on it, but just shit just wasn't right. And I was struggling with my my work, having that same motion. Like, I know what the fuck I'm gonna do, but I just I cannot do it. And I remember my mom asking me, like, uh, you okay? And I said, yeah, instinctively. Just, yeah, I'm good. She said, okay. And then when we got off the phone, like, I lost it. Like, full on, like, hands were, like, shaking. My, I had never, I could hear my heartbeat. And I lost it, like, in full on tears. Like, and it was so weird because it wasn't, like, it was just, it was a steady stream on some fucking, like, anime shit. Just a steady stream of tears. And I, I could not stop it. And I called my mom back. I'm like, I'm not okay. I don't know what's wrong, but I'm not okay. I, I don't feel good. She's like, okay, well, what do you need? I'm like, I don't know. And that scares me. I don't know what I need. And I don't even remember how that conversation ended. I want to say my mom kind of just like, just talking to me, you know, on some mm-hmm. real soothing shit. But that was the very first time. And I remember getting to the point where I wasn't sleeping. And I was getting migraines because of it. And I would go two or three days without sleep. And then I would get sick from it. But I just, I could not sleep. And I could be dead fucking tired. Get home. Have every intention of going to sleep. And I'm laying there in the dark. Just just eyes open. Eyes open. Brain wired. Even eyes closed. Brain going. You're not even sleeping. Like shit's just. Just going. Yeah. Like, it was like watching the fucking Matrix code mm-hmm. just in front of my eyes, but sped up mm-hmm. nonstop. So. Like, and it, it was it was madness to me. And I was like, okay, what the fuck? But I still did not have the presence of mind to be like, let me go to a doctor. To a doctor. I'm gonna tell you a funny story about being a woman because I did say how that I got medicated. However, yeah. I left out the part of the story where the first doctor I went to was a man. And oh, do tell because I these stories always kill. And me. it just so happened that the day that I went to the doctor just happened to be the first day of my period. Oh. The day I went God. to the doctor. Oh. However, Lord. I had been getting migraines for like a month. In come the misogyny. He said, oh, when was your last cycle? I said, I started today. I said, he said, oh, well, um, he was like, this can just be a symptom of, I said, I've been getting my period for 11 years. I've never had migraines as a symptom of my period. He said, well, they can start anytime. I said, okay. But my period started 11 years ago, and it's been exactly the same for 11 years. <laughs> You know what this nigga did? Gave me a shot in my ass (laughs) and said, well, I'm going to set up an appointment with you for mental health, for women's health for next week. For women's health for next week. I said, all right, um, fine. (laughs) I was like, okay. But I know good and well my period is not doing this. My period just started. Bruh, I've... How... Okay, at 20 years old, mm-hmm. I had my period for, oh no, was I 21 then? I would've been, no. Yeah, I was 21, so I was 21. So, 
you want to tell me that after having over 120 periods, all of a sudden, I'm gonna get some migraines. I wouldn't be coming to the doctor if this was just my period, my dude. Like, are you kidding me? So I go, I proceed to, I was like, whatever, fine. I'll go to this other doctor, fine. So I go to the doctor. She's like, okay, what's been going on? And I tell her, and I said, he said it was my period, but I don't think so. She said, okay, is your period over? I said, yup. She said, you still getting migraines? I said, yup. She said, I don't think that's it. I said, me neither. So then she proceeds to ask me lots of questions that this man did not ask me. She goes, okay, have you been drinking enough water? I said, yeah, like mostly. I probably could drink more, but mostly. She said, how much do you sleep? I said, probably three, four hours a night. She said, a night? I said, yeah, I can't really sleep much. And she said, well, okay. (laughs) That's probably it. (laughs) But let's talk about why you're not sleeping. Right. Hmm. Asking the the, the, the real question. Real fucking question. And like, that's just one of those things where, like, as black women, we're not really listen. As women in general, we're not listening to you. As a black woman, really not. I just read a bunch of shit and like watched those videos. Mm-hmm. Um, that shit mm-hmm. terrifies me, yo. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, and I can't, I can't imagine being in that position and male privilege over here but I think about that shit and I'm like what the fuck man it's normal like and I think of I think of my close black female friends who have all experienced this all of them and I'm like Why is no one speaking about this? And I look, I look at my fellow male species, and I'm like, do y'all, do y'all know that this shit is happening? Like, what? what they're do doing you, it. That they're fucking doing it. What the fuck, man? Like that was the thing. Like I was made to feel like I didn't know my body. Right. And you don't know your body, and a man is telling you that you it's know. my period. Have you ever had a period? Never. Do you know Never. what? So you tell me when you get a period and you get a migraine from your period, you tell me about it. Like, yes, some people do get migraines from their periods. Fine. I don't. Just like everybody's depression's different, every girl's period's different. Trust and belief. And so, like, that was just, like, one of the most frustrating, upsetting situations I've ever dealt with medically. And... and good outcome end of the day right because he had me go to another doctor who then actually recognized what my issues were yeah I was actually able to but it would have saved me a lot of fucking money yeah if that nigga didn't give me a shot of my ass and instead gave me the Xanax prescription I needed in the first place it was some type of like tension like it was like to release my tension and it did it worked that day and then the next day my migraines were back so it was like it was like some kind of uh, 
muscle relaxer? I don't think it, I don't know if it was a muscle relaxer or a steroid. I can't remember which. But it was something to like relieve my tension to then relieve the migraine. So it did. It worked in that moment. So it was like a momentarily. A little it was temporary. Like, it was a temporary solution to a more long term issue. Right. Than what I needed. So he gave me the shortest term solution. Of course. Wow, what? Wow, fuck, man. <laughs> Sorry, my sinuses. Nah, you did, same. Um, I, that, honestly, that gave me another idea for another episode. I want to get, like, my closest, my closest female friends so we can have a discussion about this. Because I feel like... Oh. My. I feel like there's a there's a lot of people I I know there's a lot of shit that I don't know, but I feel like there's a lot of people in general that don't know, like dealing with mental health. Dealing in mental our health. dealing with mental health in general is already difficult. Dealing with mental health in as, as a person of color and as a woman, and then as a woman, like all different levels, all different fucking levels, and I feel like that would be that would be very insightful. Yes, I feel like um, men have a, there's one thing with men, where you are expected not to feel much of anything at all. Yeah. So, admitting that you are sad, mm-hmm. admitting that you are low, admitting that you are down, is like the epitome of weakness for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and men feed into that shit. Yes. And they then they and then they perpetuate it. Yeah. By then questioning any man who does acknowledge his low points, his low emotions, his emotions in general, mm-hmm. um, and then it's perpetuated because then those men who were open now feel like they sh- they are doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. On the complete flip side, women, when we are open and honest about it, uh, whining. And then even more so, black women, women of color, like, we have to be stronger than that. That's just something that you go through. That's just something, it's okay, we all go through that. Why? Why do we all have to feel that way? I don't want to feel that way all the time. And it's an expectation that... You're gonna be depressed, you're gonna be sad, and we all are. So suck it up. So it's okay. You're fine, it's normal. But like, that's not fair. So like, we all have the shit under the stick and it's all, and like, that's why I was saying like this new concept of everybody kind of dealing with something and everybody really acknowledging that. We got some fucking issues. Yeah. Has been really good for us. Yeah. Because it's at the point where everyone, ex- not, I don't, okay, not everyone, but it's more normalized. Yeah. Having mental illnesses is more normalized. It's more understood. It's less questioned. Nobody's like really pressing you on, okay, so you're depressed, so what? You right. just said. Like, that's not... <laughs> so... Like... <laughs> what? <laughs> but, like, it's getting... We're getting to a healthier place yeah. as a generation yeah. than 
our parents and our grandparents for sure. Like, we are putting ourselves in a healthier place by even being in a place where we're talking like this. True. That's very true. And that's, that's what I'm hoping to accomplish here is just continue to build the dialogue and, and express to other people that no matter where we're at recording, it's a safe space and you can vent your shit. Like, the... The future plans are to have people come on and and talk about, not just talk about their shit, but say, you know, I want people to be able to come on and say, you know what, I'm having a low, I'm having a low week, I'm having a low day, or this is what I tried and it isn't working, what do you think I could do differently, you know, so it's, I'm expecting it to blow up more, but right now we're laying the groundwork, and it's, it's very, very vital because that that shit blew my mind. Well, and I appreciate even having this. Like, like I said, like today is a day that is yeah. low for me. Yeah. And if I wasn't doing this, I would be mad. <laughs> Just not not at all productive yeah. this evening. Yeah. I would have been laying right here, mm-hmm. probably watching some dumb shit on TV, and crying. <laughs> right. I would just be here crying. Like, right. sad. Right. On a Saturday. <laughs> um, um, so I genuinely appreciate you giving giving me this form, and I hope that somebody else appreciates this form, because like, it just, because I feel like we've constantly been just veering off Losing someone to suicide is hard. Yeah. Because everyone wants to feel like they could have done something more. Right. And think about all of the times you didn't call, but you were thinking about them. All the times that you didn't text. All the times that you didn't ask if they were okay. But at the end of the day, you didn't make that decision for them. Right. And that is something that I've had to come to terms with because, like, my cousin, and it's one of those things where my dad's family and I didn't spend a lot of time with them. And so, like, he wasn't somebody I talked to on a day to day. Right. I didn't really know what was going on in his life. Like, being at a funeral and seeing his friends who I knew probably knew more of his day to day life than I did. And feeling and realizing that like I feel an absence and I don't even see him every day with like every month every year like right. I can't even say that right. but these people who probably had him as a part of his of their lives on a daily basis yeah. they're losing someone integral to their day right. Right. and coping with losing someone Because you just have to remind yourself that they're gone, however, it's not on you. Right. And not only is it not on you, but it's what the only thing on you is how you remember them and how you use the time that you have. Yeah. It's. I've never lost anyone to suicide. I've lost 
plenty of people tell me gun violence, gang violence, mm-hmm. and and it, it's loss is loss. I realize we as human beings, we tend to think like, oh, how could I have helped them? How could I have steered them in a different path or whatever? My first experience with it was uh, actually one of your sisters. Uh, Ty. Ty. I met Ty once. <sighs> that, but I wish that, I met Ty. I had one full conversation with her. And I remember, like, man, Mama had this this light about her that was fucking incredible. And I remember, it's it, it reminds me of, like, when we first met. Mm-hmm. You know how you just know someone's a good person? Yeah. Like... Like, that's good people. Like, I, yeah, we're gonna be tight. And, um, I don't even remember how I got the news. I'm pretty sure one of my brothers told me, and I was like, what? Fuck, man, okay. And you do, you do that typical thing where you look at their social media. You look at whatever you can, and you try to find the signs, and like, oh, I should have noticed this. I should have looked into this, but... It's too late. It's too late. And then even then, like, no matter what, even, I'm under the firm belief that even if you're the type of person to be there at all times and ask questions and everything else, even if shit goes the way it goes, you're still going to say, oh, I should have done more. There's always something more that you will think that you could do. Yeah. Um, and... God, that's there's always something more that you think that you can do, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's not your decision to make. It isn't. And it sucks yeah. having to keep living carrying this person. Yeah. Not in the sense like carrying carrying someone with you that you care about mm-hmm. is never like it's not a bad thing. It's just hard when they made the decision to. Right. And that's why we're talking about selfishness. Um, like, I, I would never make that decision right. for everyone right. who I who I give my time to. I would never do that. So fun fact: if I ever die, somebody says I killed myself. I just to be completely honest with you, that's not what happened. Word. Do some do, do some digging, dead ass. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's a lie. So, Noted. but that's, and that's just me. That's yeah. that's me, and that's because I am so empathetic. I'm so like worried about everybody else that I could like, I would not be able to even bring myself to do that because I'd start. I would start with just thinking of my mother. Right, right. And just even the thought of what my mother would do. Yeah. If that were to happen, yeah. Like I can't even get past that one. Yeah. And then there's my siblings. Yeah. And then my dad. Yeah. And I, let alone all my friends, my sisters. Yeah. Like. Right. Right. It's yeah. and I, I think I'm at that point now. Like I had the th- 
past that now. And I realize... I don't think I could ever go back to that feeling because for me, it's a it's a cocky mentality. Like, you know, I, I've been at the very fucking lowest I could possibly be and I'm still fucking here. Mm-hmm. Like... You ain't gonna I, get me yet, like... You ain't gonna get me. Like, I've been through hell. I've been through this, that, and the other thing and I'm still fucking here. You almost had me, you sneaky bitch. But I'm still here, you know? And that doesn't work for everyone. For me, it does. For me, I'm like, I've come way too far from where I was two years ago, from last year, from last month. And like, I I talk about, I talk about growth and I talk about progression with my peoples all the fucking time. But what's, what's humbling for me is to see or to hear my friends talk about how far I've come. Because to me, it's only been, you know, but that long. But, like, like Steffo just told me this the other day. She was like, to see how much you've grown, see all the progress you've made, it's great. And I'm like, yo, like, I see my, thank God for Facebook memories. Oh, no, yes, I, thank God, but also, ugh. Also, ugh. ugh. But I see where I was last year. I see where I was two years ago and I'm like I don't even recognize that guy anymore mm-hmm. like what is it how long does it take you to shed your skin because I think seven years uh, seven years yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's wild to me bitch. it's wild <laughs> to me I'm like I can never go back to that with everything that I've dealt with whether it's loss, heartbreak, failure, whatever, and a lot of that shit I dealt with at once and piled on. Like, there's no fucking way that I could ever allow myself to get back down to that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, definitely. So, um, um, actually, you know what? Let's do this. Thank you for for doing this, man. Like this has been a very insightful conversation. Yeah. No, like thank you. I like I needed this, so like I yeah. appreciate you giving me the space to get all of these emotions out in a healthy way, um, and in a productive way. Yeah. In a way that I hope helps somebody. Yeah, I'm I'm very hopeful that that this helps someone. Um, you have any parting words? Um. My biggest thing is for you people out there, check on your strong friends. Um, but not only that, know that like no decision that someone else makes is on you. So don't sure. hold on to those emotions. It's okay to feel sad um, for losing someone. It's okay to try and carry them with you. But don't blame yourself for anything that anybody else decides to do with their life. True. Um, and on another note, um, if you do deal with suicidal thoughts, if you are feeling like there's no other option, if you are genuinely, like if you really feel like 
that's the only thing that you have left to do. Just know that there's always someone out there to talk to you. And if you can't find a friend or family or a person that you can reach out to, please give a call to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The phone number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Awesome, man. I thank you for being here for this conversation. Today was a rough day, Mm -hmm. but... I feel like we, we did some good here. Um, I'll be sure to post the number in the description and pretty much everywhere that I post this. Um, I would just like to leave you all with my usual parting words. Practice empathy. Above all else, practice empathy for your fellow man. Um, I feel like that can really, truly take us a long way. Um, be kind you never know what someone else may be dealing with and reach out to your strong friends they could be dealing with a lot just because they're strong doesn't mean that they're not suffering Um, yeah practice empathy reach out to your strong friends and do some good be someone's joy in the world even if you're your own joy because self-care is important. You feel me? Peace and light to you and yours.